Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Shan. That's Chris. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we're speaking to three very special guests, the writers of Tay Min's Move, Angelique Simelou, Curtis Richardson, and ADN. If you're wondering who we are, Shan and I have a huge range of experience in the music industry, from performing on stage and recording in the studio to working with artist management and record labels. So we love to discuss pop music from both the creative and business angles. And if you've made it this far, please subscribe to our channel for more content. And if you're listening to us, give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and to get a quick intro into our special guests, we have... Curtis Richardson, a 20-year veteran known for his hits, All I Have by J-Lo, and Officially Yours by Craig David, and for our K-poppies, Boom by NCT Dream. Angelique Sinelu, a Grammy award-winning songwriter, featured in the La La Land composition, one of the only few Black women to do so, I might add, and Adian Lewis, a name well-known in the K-pop circuit. He has written for BTS, Shiny, and and of course they wrote the amazing song Moon by Taemin. Mm. <laughs> so yes. let's bring in our special guest. So we are so excited to have you three here with us. Welcome to CCTV and thank you so much for joining us and the crew on our show. Also happy belated birthday Mr. Curtis. So let's get started with our spotlight interview. Yes. So we'd love to hear just about your first experiences in music. So how did you all get your foot in the door in this very competitive music industry? Ooh, okay. Sorry. I'm going to go first on this just because. Go for it. Well, all right. So Adian, I'm not speaking for you, but like, I'm kind of just going to throw this in because like, um, in a way we both got started vis-a-vis Curtis in a, in a way, because mm-hmm. Adian for sure had stuff going on. I like in terms of music was like, I was coming out of school and I was like, oh, I want to sing. I want to dance. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe Broadway, even though I didn't like musical theater. Um, and I met Curtis um, and he's the one who was like, you're a songwriter um, and really introduced, like was my first introduction into the music business. And um, later on, um, after I had been in LA for a little bit, Curtis introduced me to Adian, who um, was was starting and really like doing covers and like primarily working with like YouTube people. Um, and so, and then he put us together in LA. Um, and that really like was a really like transformative experience, I think for both um, Adian and I, like in terms of just being able to like two people to like be able to lock in in the studio and like yeah. just crank out tunes. Yeah, right? absolutely. That was our little commonality is Curtis. So I like to, and Curtis is, you know, he he's like one of those people that spotlights talents and he's like a, a, a mentor to a lot of people, has mentored a lot of people. And, but that's how I started first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like Angelique said, like I was, um, I was doing like YouTube stuff and like covers and whatnot. Um, and then I met Curtis on a Twitter actually. And uh, we just kind of hit it off um, and we started like writing stuff together and it just, it was just like magic. Like we just worked really well together and eventually, um, so when I was doing covers and YouTube and stuff, uh, when I had just met Curtis on Twitter, I was still in school in San Francisco and I was like flying down to LA to work with like YouTubers and stuff on their projects. And I told him after I graduated that I was planning to move down to LA for good. He was like, oh, I know this, uh, this great songwriter. She's, she's amazing. Her name's Angelique, and she works, um, she works in a studio in L.A., and I want to, like, hook you up with her. You know, you guys are going to make some fire and stuff. So, yeah, he hooked me up with Angelique, and, like, literally, like, the first song that me and Angelique did was, like, a, one of my favorite things that we ever did. And, <laughs> like, we just kept on making fire. Like, from that point, yeah. like, me and Angelique would just literally go into the studio, like, every day and just make fire, just cool stuff that we liked and whatnot. And it was, like she said, like, it was a really good, moment for both of us I think because we were both really able to develop our talent and our skills and stuff and our 
just you know working together i think we we and yeah. we brought stuff out of each other that we probably wouldn't have been able to bring out by ourselves or with other people it was a no judgment zone that's what my favorite yeah. thing about working with you in, in that time but still but in that like specific time frame was that like it like we could literally just like any kind of influence or like any song that we heard like there was no kind of like wow that's what you're listening to or whatever or if I came yeah, yeah. my little like choppy chords you wouldn't be like get out of here like you know we just <laughs> right, really right. were able to like work from each other in like a, a really cool place of like respect and just kind of really we were really up for anything like even mm -hmm. experimenting vocally like there's a whole project out there that people don't know we were singing in unison <laughs> which was really like cool stuff so like yeah. we, we just kind of, we just were trying stuff like and and we're really fortunate that like a lot like I'm gonna say all of it was was really great songs like that still hold you know and then yeah and then eventually you know like Curtis um started coming to LA to visit us and stuff and then we kind of started linking up with that type of magic and you know mm -hmm. history yes we see we see <laughs> <laughs> so Curtis since you are the architect of this double a battery um <laughs> could you give oh, us a ooh, little I like that double a battery Adrian and Angelique I like it I like it I like it you know we out here how did you get started yeah I started just working a lot because I had a passion for it and I, I remember like 9-11 happened I lost my job so I started writing out a collaborator and we just started working and working and working and then I got the J-Lo cut and then with LL Cool J about 2002, and then my life changed. So I started writing and working and traveling around the world and working. And I met Angelique around, she was 12 years old when I met her. But, <laughs> but she was really young. But I met her through a mutual friend of ours, like about 16 years ago, 17 mm -hmm. years ago almost. Mm -hmm. And then we just hit it off. And, you know, I remember... We're on going in the studio with her, and I said, "Hey, I, you know, we recorded something I'd written, and, then, and I was like, or we were talking about recording something I was going to write. And I was like, "Hey, do you do you do you have a journal?" And I said, "Like, yeah, I have a journal. So just bring it in." And then I started reading what she wrote. I said, "You're a songwriter. You write like you're just a songwriter. You're natural." So then we started writing together, and it was just like we had been writing together forever. Like I was like, it was like instant connection, you know. And she just is so gifted as a as a composer, as a producer, and arranger, and I just started to see her development. You know, we just enjoyed working together. I think, you know, just her watching her develop over the years to where she is now, just nothing short of amazing. I mean, she's an incredible producer as well, um, and art and artist as well. Um, so that's just a relationship that I just enjoy. You know, and then. Haiti and I met on the internet because he, he commented on a record that I wrote with a Swedish artist named Andreas Moe. And I was like, wow, I'm so shocked that an American person knows about this artist because it's a Swedish artist, right? So then we connected and we just started talking. I just I started watching his YouTube video. I'm like, oh, I love your tone. Do you write? And then he sent me a couple things. I was like, oh my gosh, we have to work together. We have to do it. It's just something we have to do. So we just started writing and I just enjoyed it. So I told Angelique about him. I was like, you know, I think you guys would have a great creative synergy together. I just have an instinct about these things. And then, voila, I was right. And they created a whole catalog, Angels and Aliens catalog that's amazing. And then around the time when I started, like, you know, pitching for K-pop and working in K-pop, I said, oh, I think we should work on something. And then that's how Move was born. So. Ciao. <laughs> mm -hmm. You ended on and how you was like, and that's how it's done. Not and him doing the transition for me. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Segway. Like, Segway. We're not Take there yet, though. <laughs> we ain't there yet, buddy. We getting there. Um, but speaking, speaking of of that, um, I mean, you all talk about your creative process. Um, I am curious to know about like individually what is the songwriting like? Because, I mean, you guys have different projects, different things that you work on. So how do you make that work? Not make it work, but how does it complement each other? How do you make it so supplementary when you're working together? I think it's important to know strengths. Like, I think um, I'm very good at identifying strengths immediately. You know, um, and, you know, I don't, 
I don't believe in weaknesses. I believe in strength on top of strength. So like I, I can work with someone and kind of sense immediately what they're great at mm-hmm. and just try to amplify that. And then from there, they're they're gonna naturally want to strengthen other areas that they want to strengthen. So when I met Angelique and immediately from her talking, I knew lyrically she's the beast. You know what I'm saying? And then just, she's just naturally melodic too. So you kind of have a sense of that, you know. Aiden just, you know, reaped melody and reaped, and I found that he's an incredible, you know, track producer and just a producer and an artist, incredible art. So you just discover through each collaboration what your collaborator does, if you're paying attention, if you're plugged in. Um, a lot of times people work together, they're not plugged into their collaborator, but I'm extremely plugged into the person I'm working with. So I think for them to, they're two of the most exceptional creatives I've ever worked with in my entire career. Yeah, I think I think Curtis um, really hit it on the head is that uh, one thing that Curtis is really good at is just he's really good at, like he said, like nailing down what people's strengths are and like kind of putting people together. Like he, mm-hmm. um, you know, me and Angelique have, have our strengths and, and stuff, but we also, we have a lot of similarities in the way that we work, um, which I think makes it a smooth process, you know, like mm-hmm. um, we have, we have obviously like we're different songwriters, but we, we have a similar way that we, me, Curtis and Angelique, we all have a similar way that we approach like doing melodies or, you know, writing or whatever, like Curtis and Angelique are like geniuses at lyrics and stuff. That's someplace that I'm not very strong at, but I know that because I'm not strong there that I can focus on something else and can hand it off to them and they'll, we'll come up with something strong because we're all filling our, our roles, you know? I think too, it depends on what, like, what are we writing for? I think that's like right. the the big thing. So if it's like if we're trying to crank something out, you know, in this time frame and it's very like for me, it becomes formulaic. And so like that is like when identifying strengths and letting go of ego, you know, because I think that's like creatives, we all have egos. And I think um, that's why a lot of people have trouble collaborating. But I think mm-hmm. if you can sort of say, hey, like we're all good at everything. We're all great amazing you know what I mean but somebody and it might not even be that somebody is a better lyric writer but they might just be tapped into something at that point and like it's about keeping the momentum and the vibe rolling so Mm -hmm. if like you know a like come in I was talking about the other a Aiden like you know with a concept and already have like he'd have like a concept like built into a melody right he's coming to, to a melody so for me like am I going to be like, nah, nah, like, I felt like writing about this today, where I'm like, yo, we're kind of in this, I like this, like, let's go into, let's like, push into this moment, and like, see where it takes us, and like, maybe um, that melody placement that he had with that idea, that concept was super strong, but maybe it wasn't the hook, like, maybe let's take this, and make that you know the verse now let's chop it up and let's let's play off of each other and come up with some a hook melody like we still need this but like we've got strong pieces and then we can always come back like you know we let the song kind of dictate where the story goes so it could have started where we're like okay we're here and this is where we're starting but as we like add these pieces on it tells us another story. So it's like, are we going to stay like stuck? Am I going to stay stuck with this concept? Or is Adian going to stay stuck with this? And like when the song is telling us this. So for me, that's a no, but it's not always like that. So I think we're really fortunate. Like when we do get together um, and write that we, we all have that, like, you know, and it's in the mm-hmm. best interest of the song. We're flexible. And I think that's, that's something that's really important with collaboration. And it's something that a lot of, a lot of, um, people that a lot of people can fail at with collaboration is that you have to you have to be flexible and you have to be a little bit like water like you have to be able to move and accept other people's opinions um, and other people's creative ideas while also you know you also have to, to stand firm in your ideas but um, when you have something that is working you have to know intuitively when you should move forward into that or if something is not working you have to know intuitively when you should just let it go let it sit and move on to 
something else. Cause that's also really important is that you shouldn't force an idea. And I think a lot of people get into a collaborative situation and they think, okay, we have to make this work. This has to happen like this way or whatever. And no, it, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. You have to know when to move on and move. Do something no, else. unless you're Curtis who will take a piece from a song from 1992. <laughs> right, right. Pull right. that. <laughs> Rework up, it. Okay. <laughs> Even like with this song, I'm taking the song that we wrote together and like I'm putting it here and like send it to a G. I was like, I did not write this song. I didn't write this song. He'd be like, yo, you wrote. And I'd be like, I don't remember this. Like things, he is like, he like archives. He's got the archives. It's like his superpower. Yeah, like he remembers every. What do you have? Like, you gotta have like ten thousand songs at this point. Curse is the king. Curse is the king of recycling songs. Like, he's going. He he's going recycle a song. He recycled, but because he remembers all the song, like his catalog mm-hmm. memory and his catalog is like severe in terms of like how large it is. Like, I'm like, how do you remember these things? It's totally like some like savant, like beautiful mind sh- going on there. But that's but that's also like that's a really good. Um, I think that's a really like good collaborative mind and also good business focused mind in that you know like songs songs can be like you can you can have a good song and it can last the test of time you can change production as many times as you want um but a good song is going to last forever and curtis is curtis and angelique are the ones that taught me that um and curtis this like has shown me that throughout my entire career that like all these songs that that you do like they're not they're not waste they're not a waste if you don't um, if they don't get picked up right now, or if they don't go to this, or if they don't go to that, or if, you know, like the, none of them are away. Uh, you have to, for me, I'm, I love shining a light on other, other greats, you know what I'm saying? So for me, Angelique's an incredible songwriter, and, and I just wanted to encourage her to, to, to use her gift, because I said, look, write, 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 because you never know. And it came, it came into fruition later when she started getting all these syncs. So she would get all these, like, she got major movie syncs. And then some of those double songs were stuff that she had did previously, like, you know, stuff that she did with Estelle that got placed. And then she wrote a song with John and it got placed. And then we mm-hmm. did a dance song for this. So in 80 and 2, when I started going, it's like catalog, catalog, catalog. And and it comes in, so I, I, I have a great memory because I'm pitching a lot of these songs. So I'll say, oh, remember this song we did two years ago? Or remember the song we did three years ago? They're asking for this particular style of song for this pitch. So that's how it works behind the scenes is that it's not necessarily that, we, you know, a lot, yeah, we do create on a spot for a particular artist, but sometimes it's something that we've already done that we have in the catalog that could fit better than what we could do now. So that's why that preparation is very key for me. And like Adi and Angelique said earlier, it's, it's a matter of intuition too. It's a feeling like you go, okay, ooh, this is the right feeling. I mean, we all three of us are producers as well. So we kind of have an understanding of what would work conceptually, visually, sonically for our project. So it's not just we're writing songs, we're also visualizing, we're also get, uh, preparing a path and direction for the artists as well. So a lot of times, you know, we'll get briefs and they'll say, okay, we want one thing. And we're like, oh, they say they want that. They, I think they, 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 they want this feeling instead. So you have to kind of think ahead of what they're asking for as well, so. Yeah, I said, um... I, I was at a talk and somebody was asking me about um, placements and rejection and, you know, all the things that we go through literally every single day. Um, and I looked at it like this. I said, you know, anytime you get rejected, when you're talking about songwriting, like if you're pitching to an artist or they ask you to write and they don't take it, whatever it is, any kind of form of rejection in that range. I said, that's you building, your catalog is built from rejection you know so and you know experience is built from this rejection because you delved into something you know you you tried something for a song and so now like you just grab you got a new skill that you just didn't even know and so you add that that's like your own personal catalog but then you also have your actual catalog so try to tell people to remain positive and Curtis is really great for this to really be an example of how those rejections come in very handy later on you know because then you have because obviously you get more rejections for the most you get more rejections than you get placements that just is what it is it's the nature of the beast so 
okay, cool. But like I got rejected, you know, if I got placed one time, but I got rejected 20 times, that means I got 19 songs in the kitty. Like, you know what I mean? I, I have a quote, I have a quote. It's, and they, they know it's, rejection is redirection. What was it for one thing could be for another. Just to add to Angie's incredible point. That's really important. We do get a lot of rejections. Get a lot. This is great advice, I think, for everyone, and, and and a good look into how hard the industry really is. It is very hard, yeah. Oh, it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's tough industry for it sure. It is the worst. Yeah, it's a lot of rejection, but but you but you have to you have to get past the rejection and just understand that the rejection is not like is not doesn't mean that you're not worth being here or that your music sucks or whatever. Rejection mm. just means that it's going somewhere else. Well, we have to talk about a song that obviously was not rejected because collaboratively it was just a huge accomplishment for the three of you. We have to talk about Move by Taman. This song has stood the test of time. It is regarded as one of the best K-pop songs of all time, honestly. It's also one of my favorite pop songs of all time. So just thank I you. I get goosebumps I'm like hearing that. We'd love to hear about how it all came together. Like, were you given a brief? Like, or was it just something you pitched later on? How did it all, how did it all start? So, um, Move was the weirdest, wow. Um, so I had been, I had worked with Super Junior previously and I have worked talking to one of the A&Rs um, about, you know, different pitches. They said, oh, we need something for Shiny. We need something for, for this artist named Taman. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know, I know this one record he did. Like that's called Danger, I, I remember that. So subsequently me and Adian, <laughs> Well, we did a half a song we started for this for this DJ in France. And we I sent it just a scratch little, it was just like a part of a song. We sent it in and I had a and I went to sleep that night and I, I had a, this dream. It's like and this voice said, take the song back, take the song back. And the song wasn't even done. It was just like an idea, right? And it was like, take it back, take it back. It was like this voice that just ran through me. So I woke up like four o'clock in the morning. I called the manager of the DJ. I was like, you cannot have this song. We'll, 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 we'll give you another song. They're like, no, we love the idea. I said, well, it's not even done. Like just, you know, it's not done. So forget it. So I said, so I called it and I said, we need to finish this idea because I'm having this feeling like we should finish it. So then here comes Angelique. So Angelique was, I was like, Angelique, I need you to help us finish this song. We have to finish it because I want to pitch it for this K-pop deal situation. She was like, okay, fine. So they, they finished it in LA. And then we went back and forth. We got the production, you know, got a good demo of the whole song. So then I sent it in, but I sent in the version that was kind of unfinished, but I, you know, just whatever. And they were like, okay, we love it. I was like, no, that's the wrong version. So I sent in the real version and they loved it. They thought, oh my gosh, we love it. And I said, like, who is it for? And initially they didn't tell me who it was for. I was like, okay, this is weird because they, they're so secretive. Then they go, okay, we're, we're going to cut it on an artist named Taman. So I said, like, I know this artist. So I hit 80 and I said, like, okay, this is an artist named Taman. I know it sounds dangerous, but I'm not really big on Taman at this point. I remember his videos, him choreographing the dancing. I was like, oh, he's great. Adrian is a K-pop historian he knows everything about k-pop like he is like so educated with k-pop he schooled me and then I, I did my research then i saw a drip drop and i lost my mind i was like oh my gosh i'm so excited mm. so i knew who he was i knew shiny very well but Tammy, i knew like danger and i was there but then i, I then i knew learned all his songs so i sent it in they go okay cool we're cutting the song i'm calling the guys that get it they're cutting the song then they sent us back about 12 different freaking notes to do. So we revised the song, I think about 10 times equally. We revised it, which we, we earned that placement. Um, and then like to the point where like there were like there were subversions of the song. Like so the original song is called Don't Fight the Don't, Don't Fight the Music. It wasn't called Move. And it was like it had like a like a like a weekend kind of daft punky but not but it was really our you know our sound it wasn't really we weren't biting we just kind of had a vibe with a very french very sex sensual pop song right so then we didn't hear anything we did all these versions we didn't you know then they put they spliced it together 
And then next thing you know, get a call like, hey, we need you to put this together because we're shooting the video. I'm like, what? The video? Is it a title track? They didn't say anything. They said, oh, no, we just been shooting the video. We didn't know whether it was a single or not. So then I didn't know anything. We did all the paperwork. We didn't know it was going to be a single until we saw that little trailer that everyone saw. And I was losing my damn mind. And I called Angelique. In. Now, mind you, Angelique is, you know, she's she's off the grid at this point. Was I like, she's in a hospital. She's going to the hospital to have her child. Yeah, when I was in the hospital when Move was released. Yeah. Yeah, with my first. Yeah. I forgot that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she couldn't do the social media stuff with I was yet. not posting nothing. I was like. <laughs> And I had to keep ramming into one. No, Angelique is a part of this record. She's a part. She's a part. She's yeah. a part. Because people were like, kind of, because me and Aiden were like active. And I was like, no. Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody. And, and also, because I'm like weird about my kids. So I'd be like super secretive. So like people didn't know. Same thing with this one. Like they didn't know I had, I had had the baby like already. And with this one too, when the video came out, the mother video, I had already had him. So like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she birthed the child while we were birthing Move. So then Move, so then when when he started doing the performances, I was losing my losing my stuff because I'm like, this is our this is a little song that we just did, the idea, and then we, we of course we perfected it and like really produced it up. And I want to then you know I gotta give it to Adian because Adian like every time I hear the vocal and the the backgrounds, I can hear Adian's like energy and style and his tone and like you, you gotta hear the demo like it's just like it's really just like Taman really captured the essence of the demo and elevated it mm -hmm. and then the of course the video the video that him and his choreographer did like they conceptualized it just beyond it felt like old school MTV days like when, when mm -hmm. I was growing up yeah. and it was like a real moment and I don't think people really caught on to move initially it just it kind of grew over time and, we, and it's still yeah. like a, it's a whole it's movement. just sustained with move disease i think is when it, it started it started to gain a lot of traction when um other like idols and stuff started performing it and and all that stuff but yeah it was it was um it was move is really special because it's just it's like it was really it was really just us three like we we did it like we started it in in my bedroom and then we finished it like in me and Angelique's studio and stuff. And also I, I wanna point out too that, um, um, Curtis didn't mention this, but it was actually almost about a year before um, before the song actually got picked up. Like we didn't we didn't just send it in and then they were immediately like, oh my God, we love this. Like it was, we, we had a little bit of a waiting period before we even knew any, that they were even interested in it. So, you know, like that's a really good example of like how things can, can take a while, but you know, Curtis had this epiphany and it was completely 100% right. Like if Curtis had never taken that song back, um, Move would not exist, so. Mm. Wow, honestly, I, I, let me real with you guys. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that black people had worked on a song. Like you could hear something, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like industrial, it's very European, you know, like, you know, uh, Chris and I are huge Shiny fans. So we even did like a pop 101 on our show. We, we really enjoy them. So we heard the song. It may have not picked up traction as quickly as you think it had, but believe me, we were sitting there so um you know first of all such a positive reaction came from move um did you experience any other companies or artists reaching out about recreating that move effect or at least just working with you three as a set you know what um so i i haven't I haven't I haven't personally had any companies reach out asking specifically for another move. However, I have seen move on. So um, songwriters get these things called lead sheets or briefs mm -hmm. um, from labels and stuff, basically telling the songwriter like, hey, this is the artist that we're looking for a project for. This is the type of music that we need. Here's the references. References are songs that are already out that they are trying to sound like or they want the song to sound like. Um, I've seen move on on more than a few uh, lead sheets. So mm -hmm. you know, it's like, hey, like just reach out to us. Like we'll do you, we'll do another move for you. We'll do f ten moves for you. <laughs> no, it's weird though, because I, it, you would think that, but I feel like that's kind of an an industry thing. I I don't know why they don't just go to the source. Um, like uh, like my dude is a producer, and uh, one of his writing partners, they like create magic, and literally 
like they be getting briefs that's like asking for exactly what they did and like and so I see it all the time. I see it it's all like, the why time. don't you just reach out? To why them? don't you just ask? So with us, yeah, it's yeah. like, why don't you just ask? Or why don't? But, but I, I don't know what that is about the industry. Like, it's weird. I, mean, I think it has a little bit to do with maybe fear of reaching out and being like, maybe like, you know, being rejected from the people. But then also, too, I think it has a little bit to do with maybe labels not wanting to um, maybe thinking that we're going to charge more or like we're going to like be or or yeah yeah maybe they feel like you know they don't want to copy exactly so they don't want to sound they don't want the same people to do it because it might sound too much like the original or mm -hmm. something I, there's many different reasons why it could be but you know it's just it's it, I think for me personally it's cool to like see something that we did on a lead sheet for other songwriters to do that's that's a nice little like you know satisfaction feeling not to cut in but we I have been contacted for us to do many times and we have done it but for some reason we've done like an elevate we can't do the same record but we've we've attempted to right, do we've done other songs that, that are similar right. to they have the same kind of like like for example like we have a song called um fanatic that we did that, that i absolutely love and the nr uh, at the label loved the record but of course that's not just one person making the decision it's a multitude of people making the decision for their artists, that's the way, you know, SM works, it's like a, like it's a group of people making a decision. So, you know, you try, you know, but at the same time, I'm very proud of that move is still going. Like it's still, it still has such an impact that it's still, it's still going. It's like, it's not stopped. So that's, that's, that's something I'm very happy for. For yeah. sure. Is there anything kind of interesting in the production of the track or that mm. any interesting sounds or elements in there that maybe you would want listeners to notice more? It's so funny because I don't, I, I barely remember like producing the initial track. I, I remember doing all the edits after SM started asking for those, but I, I don't even remember too much about producing the track. But like, I do remember um, one funny thing is the bass, the synth bass in the song. Um, uh, the one that everybody loves, the dun -dun 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 -dun. Um, it's it, I made it in this this program that I can no longer access <laughs> called called oh, no. Zebra. It's called Zebra Two, and um, for some I bought like a license for it like a long time ago, and for some reason like very shortly after Move came out, the program just stopped working. So like now like that's like that base is basically frozen in time. <laughs> if I if I open the original project, um, I can play the bass, but I can't open the synth to to like recreate it or like figure out how I made it or anything so it's basically just like a little just a little frozen piece of time now <laughs> look I'm like shout out to Zebra too I feel like um right shout out Zebra y'all need to handle that <laughs> give me my bass back Zebra <laughs> it was definitely the synth the synth sound was just so like hypnotic I think that's one of the things that people that really drew, drew people to it because that, in, that the, in the original bass. production of it that was the that's all we had really I mean that was the core of it and then we built it and then the um and the drums those are my favorite adian drums like i i love like i'm like always like that bridge was sickening that bridge when the bridge queen came through but that bridge is sickening like the bridge to me was like they brought the, me in for sex that's what they brought me in for <laughs> we <laughs> needed we needed the the spice well, the thing about it is, is that we we all contributed to the record in different ways, and it's funny because like, when the you know that part which says put it on repeat, on the song, and when Angela did that, I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so genius because you think about a record being on repeat. Oh yeah, that was a that was part of the freestyle. Yeah, and then the you got the rhythm with something I wrote like just randomly, and then Adian took it and made it into something else. And I was just like, like it was just so many little pieces that we put, we all had, we, we all threw pieces in there and it came out to be moved. And it just, it is funny because like, even talking to Adrian is like, you know, we, we, we technically could, could do it again, but it wouldn't be the same. Um, yeah. But it would be elevate, an elevated move. It would be something more elevated because of course we have different experiences and we've grown since we did move individually and collectively we will bring something even i think sexier to the table than move and I, th I think but i think move is like it's such a good example of like why like what we were saying earlier in that like you know it's good collaboration is all about fulfilling fulfilling your role and and make bring something bring everything together to make something that's mm -hmm. that is successful because you know obviously like the three of us like we all had our specific role on uh in the creation of the song but outside of us um 
there were other little pieces that were filled in order to make move the success that it was like it wasn't just us making the song we made the song and then sm put everything together like it went to Taemin. Taemin is the perfect artist for move Taemin was in the perfect moment of his career to launch mm-hmm. move sm mm-hmm. poured mm-hmm. all this money and budget into the marketing and into the visuals they did three videos for it the packaging everything like everything about move even like down to the fans response to it move disease and then the idols response to that after like the fact like all of it was just perfectly like put into place great timing like everything and it's hard to, um, I always say this whenever I talk about Move now because it's hard to sit back um, as a person involved in the creation of Move and to really like kind of fathom how it got to this point because there's just so many moving parts outside of just us creating the song that went into making it a success. And that's, that's, that's the perfect example of why, you know, you have to just keep going in the music industry because, just, because you can make the best song of your career, but it doesn't really matter if the other puzzle pieces aren't in place that's know? true and it's, i, I want to give a shout out to the trans to, to the korean co-writer of our of move too uh jason jason Yoon, I, I think it's jason Yoon, i think her name is she's a legendary writer she wrote she co-wrote the, the korean aspect of move and also to and koharu to the um the choreographer choreographer mm-hmm. Taryn himself um I've, i forgot to tell you guys he was actually involved in some of those production changes and suggestions that we have for Move. So Taewin is actually an incredible creator behind the scenes. And he fought for the song because the song was not supposed to be the title track. It was yeah, Taewin is the one that wanted Move as, his, as the title. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It was a, it was, I think it was Love or something was supposed to be the title track. So that track, our Move was the track that he chose and he fought for it. And he had the, he had the conceptual vision for what it was. So. I want to, I, he wasn't just a bystander. He was very much involved in the creative process of moving and becoming what it is. And also the shaw, the shawls and the, the tainments and all, all their fan, the fandom is really what made move what it is. So we, we are very indebted to the, to the fans for move and what it became. But you guys actually did answer a lot of the questions we had about production, about lyrics, because not even trying to be funny. I think, Angelique, I think because you were like in the hospital at the time, I didn't even know you had a part in it until like a little bit later. And I was like, oh, woman wrote it. Yeah, but it, it, it's funny. Um, it's interesting because I, I kind of have, I have that like throughout my career um, on these like these songs and some of them, you know, pivotal songs, like cultural songs. Um, and people are like, oh, like there's a woman and like, oh, you're black, like, oh, wait, what? So I, I, but people like you, I appreciate you, you shot me out. And then also like my brothers who are always working, um, you know, making it a safe environment for a female uh, writer, because even though it sounds crazy and archaic, it's still really wild out here in this industry to be a woman. Um, but I'm really, really fortunate that I have surrounded myself um, with really good people in this business producer too she's a producer we all we are all arrangers on this song we produce we produced it and we wrote it just to let the people know like so you know and i think yes but no just the thing is angelique is so funny the evolution of her is just so fascinating because from being her from when i met her to now and then she she's a full-on producer and it's just so great and i and i wanted the public to know that we all had a hand in it because, you know, like Adrian said, it's every piece and every element made move what it was. And every great song, it takes every, even down to the radio programmers, to the to the you know the TV stations that had them perform the song. I'm really glad that yes. it comes like it's still going because it's gonna give me time. I'm going to learn this dance one day. But it was like literally <laughs> like I was just like I was in the hospital and everybody's like this. Curtis is doing his video and I was like I really want to do this, but I can't move now. I have no excuse. It's just like time. But next year, by next year, release date. Next year, October, next, I'm coming with yeah. the full choreography. Yes. Next, next, next move anniversary. Next move anniversary. <laughs> But I love the fact that also they in the, in the performance credits or even they, you'll see our names and like we don't do that here. Like you see our name. I think that's such a, a, a oath to songwriters because songwriters are just the unsung heroes that don't get, you know, the shine all the time. You know, and so for me, it's nothing better to have this moment with your family. 
you know, these, these, you know, Aidy and Angelique are my family. So, mm-hmm. you know, to have this moment to share with them and say, wow, like we did this, this is incredible. Like we just wanted to make the best song we could. And then now it's just taking on a whole other life. So it's very, very humbling. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think so kind of leading into kind of a more industry question, there's been a lot of discussion online about the K-pop industry and unfair publishing splits and royalty payments and and kind of just the undervaluing of the songwriters. So how has your experience been working with foreign publishers and, and kind of just making sure that you are valued? Well, the, the thing about this, for us, luckily it wasn't so bad because it was just us, but the thing about it is it takes so long to collect from Korea if you're an American songwriter. It's like traditionally, like if I'm an American writer, you, you for our performance income, like certain incomes, it takes like nine initially nine months to see to see the you know our royalties. K five, it could take anywhere from like 18 months to two years plus. And that's just the beginning of the rules because you don't get paid all the money at one time, you get paid over time. So we're still getting paid from move and we're still haven't seen we haven't even seen the apex of it yet because it takes so much time for collection over time and that's the only thing that kind of irks my soul sometimes um but i think you know i've heard some of the criticisms in regards to the splits um and there's a lot of songwriters on songs nowadays like there's like 10 writers on these songs which i don't know what that's about um but um I think it's because, you know, the labels are now dictating, you know, oh, well, we like this piece or we like that piece. I know like me and Adrian worked on a, a translation for Super Junior recently, and it was like, oh, it's between you and someone else. And luckily they went with what we went with, we did, but it was kind of like, it's really not, it's, I feel like songwriters, although we're vital, we're not really given the most respect a lot of times as far as the value. I think we're we're lucky. We're lucky in the way that um, we've been able to move because um, we we just very. Uh, I I feel like our team just tends to be very self sufficient, um, and also we're we're also lucky too. I think because we got into K-pop um, early early on before like the big wave of Western writers and producers kind of started to get in there. And I think now uh, what Curtis was talking about in the way that a lot of these labels, the K-pop labels are putting together songs, a lot of them are doing uh, the Frankenstein method, which is they'll take like, they'll basically like send out a brief to a whole bunch of songwriters and collect a bunch of songwriters demos for the song. And then they'll take pieces that they like from each one and then Frankenstein it into one song. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you end up with with 25 writers on a song um, because they're taking pieces from everybody's uh, song. So it, it can feel a bit like, like the songwriter is a little devalued in that respect but I think it's also just it's just it's a different way of working and I think um it's hard because um because there's not really much you can do as a songwriter like it's either you allow them you either accept it or you don't accept it and you don't get the placement so um and that's I think that's something that a lot of songwriters are kind of fighting uh with right now um all over the world but especially with k-pop I think it's I don't think it's a problem. I think it's just something that we're that we're gonna have to get used to, and we're gonna have to sort of, you know, stand your ground a little bit more. I, again, I think we're lucky because our group is very self-sufficient, so we are able to um, command a certain amount of respect. But you know, it doesn't always work out that way. So, yeah, I mean, Aiden eloquently said this. Like, um, it's really the labels' discretion, um, and a lot of times we don't get pets because we are so self-sufficient. We turn in full productions that are done. And, mm-hmm. And, and you know you have to also remember these labels it's a business so these labels have publishing companies and they want their mm-hmm. writers right. to be represented on songs too and you know it's funny because we've been on both sides of the spectrum where you know we've been called to you know to add to the arrangement or to you know to to you know elevate a song too so you know it's a business at the end of the day i mean like you know like we said we're, we're fortunate to have the team that we have um, but even with that team, we're, we're also put in positions where we have to, you know, they'll say, okay, we want to bring on someone to change an aspect of the record. And that's just the way, that's just the way it is. There's no, no way around it. 
it's just kind of it's standard and it's hard to really change something that's standard like it's like what are you you know like what are you going to do like if it's not like a big wave of people trying to change it all at once so it's just something that you you know as a songwriter you just have to kind of find other avenues of making money and other avenues of holding yourself Mm -hmm. over until um until you can get what you're owed this is Mm -hmm. true and and speaking of avenues you are all dibbling and dabbling doing making some moves in your <laughs> own personal lives. So, you know, no offense to Tay Men, but enough of that. <laughs> We're going to get to our stars here, all three of you. Um, to start with Angelique first, in June, you released one of my favorite projects. Again, I'm a fan for I- real, right? <laughs> Think one. Let's go. You, you already know how I feel about ghosts. That was sitting there like, <laughs> that video though yeah. that video though that's what that you visual that too. movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right, right, <laughs> went yeah. off so and you have released other singles including mm-hmm. bad mother and yes. <laughs> and guadalupe so yeah. are there any plans for sync two and what else have you been working on so yeah so i had another baby um so that was kind of like one of the things where i was like i literally was ready to like put out more, a whole other project and i was like i actually i stopped myself for like mental health things i really um i have like a strong b plus personality i'm an extremely hard worker um a multitasking person but like this is like the one time in my life where i was like you probably can't do all of this at the same time I'm still doing a lot um but no the next uh project I'm I'm gonna come out with some more EPs in 2022 the next one is gonna be uh acoustic and I'm super excited about that one um there's some songs some new songs but some songs I've been sitting on for quite some time and then after that I'm gonna do a jazz EP because um for a really long time yeah I've always been had an affinity to, to jazz and it's kind of like a little my jazz baby, know. yeah super jazz baby so I'm gonna do that um as far as songwriting for other people I really have been like doing a lot of production I've been doing production I've been doing vocal production um so really um, my hat I just finished a project with an artist who's gonna come out next year her name's Naya and um, Um, but like really put on my producer hat, um, which is really cool for me. Um, I like it. Uh, it's just, my ears just kind of perk up and, um, I can get really into like attention to detail, all those fine things. Um, so that's been really cool for me to, um, do a full project on somebody else, um, in that capacity, like, you know, in terms of, I've done it like in terms of writing and, Aiden and I actually were like producing an artist like way back when um and so but this is the first time in a long time that I've done a full project for an artist and uh, I really really enjoyed it I'm excited to um for everybody to hear it so that's nice. like yeah that's a third of what I'm doing right now but a big a big third is a big thing also happy <laughs> 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 yes, we are on the lookout for sure. Awesome. So, Adian, we loved Alien Wave Volume One. Yeah, I especially love Thank the you. night mix of Holy Water. Yeah, Holy Water's um, Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, what are your plans? Is there going to be a Volume Two? What else have you been working on? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a Volume Two. Um, it may not be for a while. Um, Alien Wave is kind of like my like, I don't know. It's like my my experimental project, I guess. Um. I just want to be super weird with Alien Wave, and um, I don't know uh, if you guys knew, but I also, I do animation and visual effects, so I also do the visuals for um, those, and I'll have more coming out soon for Alien Wave, Volume 1, but um, for next year, actually, I'm planning on doing um, another EP uh, called Rainy Days in LA, so it's going to be like low, low, lo-fi, like vibey, like, you know, type stuff, smoker vibe type stuff, Um, and yeah, like, I, you know, that's, my thing is I, I just love making music. So any avenue that I can do to do that, whether it be for other people or for myself or for K-pop or whatever, you know, I'm trying to do that. Um, there's, I have some projects coming up with some other artists, um, Western artists that I'm excited about. There's always more K-pop coming. So, yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, and last but not least, hit maker. Boomstaker. <laughs> Um, well, 
<laughs> I'm always writing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot. I, I have a lot of music coming out in 2022 with different artists around the world, like um, especially in Europe. Um, doing a lot of dance music for some reason. Don't know what that. I've just been connected to that. I actually have a release coming out um, at the end of, uh, on the on the 26th of this month. Uh, a collaboration with a Russian DJ uh, called uh, it's called Friday Night. Adrian helped me arrange the background vocals. I'm singing on it, um, and then I'm going to be doing definitely more on the business side of things. So I'll be doing some A and Ring in the new year, um, working with incredible artists like A and A. Hopefully, um, I'm, I'm just going to be supporting artists. That's what that's what I'm going to be doing. But of course, with with the with the with the, with the writing, um, there's gonna be some cool surprises, some interesting things coming. Like, um, I'm really excited um, in the new year. But I mean, but more so supporting. I'm excited for Angelique's jazz project. She knows this, uh, and um, <laughs> and for the one of the acoustic song she has, is, which is to me a instant classic, of course. And then yeah, Adrian's Rainy Days is just incredible. I mean. I was lucky enough to collaborate with them on, on a couple songs on their project. So very fortunate to be part of their creative. I was going to say what I love about like our individual projects is that they're still like, we are all still involved in them like intertwining either. It's like Adian doing backgrounds or like yeah. Curtis writing or Adian writing or like, you know, we just kind of come in and, and really help each other out in these other endeavors that we have outside of, just the songwriting so it's cool we have a cool community um we're family really truly wait till you hear what they're about to do because i'm sitting here like whoa that this it has its own barcode it's just something very unique and it's, it's just gonna it's gonna blaze up it's gonna take time for you to catch on to it initially well not really no it's it's gonna blaze watch you just wait and see I'm just at this point I'm playing you know what I mean I just mm. want to I don't want to prescribe to any one thing I want to you know put stuff out or not put stuff out or you know whatever but it, it just really depends but also that's the advantage of having catalog that's advantage of like being comfortable in my creative person to kind of just not only let go of ego when I'm working with other people but like let go of ego when you know creativity hits me like let that channel like speak to you know keep it open let it speak to me because you just never really know what's gonna come out you know and and that's that's where I am like career-wise that's where I am as a creative and I'm really like loving it you know I really love that and and as I get more comfortable in that space like the more output like has been going on so it's been cool Awesome. I mean, I really appreciate like the passion that all three of you have. Like I can, I can feel it and I'm excited to hear everything you guys are, are putting out. I also just want to say, I, I love the love between the three of you two. I've met very shady people in this industry, <laughs> a lot of backstabbing, and it's just really nice oh, to yeah. see three people and you clearly all have each other's backs. And that's, that's really awesome to see. And, yeah. and thank you so much for talking to us today. Yay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Bye. Double A and Mr. Curtis. I'll see y'all. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us today on this awesome episode featuring three very, very talented musicians. Um, if you enjoyed our conversation, please let us know in the comments below. Hit us up on our social media accounts at CCTV Pops. Give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and hit that notification bell because we have a lot more interviews coming up. And for our listeners, please. Give us a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice to help us reach more awesome pop music fans like yourself. <laughs> Until next time, that's Jan. That's good. And we are CCTV. 